bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the super simple cloud accounting software that's giving thousands of freelancers and small businesses the tools to save time billing and get paid faster. Try it free at freshbooks.com slash twip. This is Twip, episode 492. Goodbye, Casey Neistat. DJI releases more drones. Google wants to turn your phone into a scanner, and Apple's newest product requires zero electricity. It's Monday, November 21st, 2016, and this is Twip. Welcome back to This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about some things that we have never, ever talked about on Twip before, <laughs> and I'm saying that facetiously. <laughs> Uh, but here, joining me to talk about some of these stories that are happening in the world of photography this week are Miss Christine Allward from Christine the Photographer and Greg Benz from Greg Benz Photography. Hey guys, how you doing? Hi, Frederick. Hey. How's it going? Welcome. Well, Christine, welcome back to the show. And we have a newbie on the show. Mr. I'm so excited. Greg Benz is the... In the military, we would have called you the FNG. So... <laughs> I'm familiar with the Fanugi, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. You have been Fanugi. So welcome welcome to the show. We're not going to haze you. Before we started recording, we agreed not to haze you and give you any you know, grief. But So, Greg, before we get started, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Why, why are you on TWIP? What's going on? Oh, man. So I'm a landscape photographer based out of Minneapolis. Kind of shoot all over the place. Travel quite a bit. And uh, you, uh, Frederick and I had actually caught up uh, a few months ago and started talking about this as I was taking the uh, taking the plunge and just kind of connected on a few things i've been a fan of the show for a long time and uh yeah. love technology so excited for the opportunity and now you're on the show now you're yeah. on this thanks for having me making history man making history <laughs> and christine for christine for folks that don't know who don't know who you are what's your what's your story i'm christine the photographer like you said i'm a portrait photographer i'm in sacramento area i focus on um, mostly family oriented stuff i do seniors and kids and families and um, some corporate work headshots and whatnot so that's what i do cool christine the photographer is that like cedric the entertainer kind of thing maybe it was the only <laughs> well my last name is Allward and when you put an A after Christine people already call me Christina oh. so Christine Allward was getting me Christina Allward really easily oh makes sense and, there's logic there and Christine is nine letters and photographers like 13 so I was trying to come up with the shortest word that could go in the middle and I got the so that's <laughs> why where not, I why not photography by Christine <laughs> I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah, see, look at that. I don't like I like it. It. People like it when I say I'm I, Christine, the I photographer. They're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." That's I cool. dig it. All in one word, you kind of say who you are, what your name is, and what and you what do. I do. Yeah, and it's done. It's and done. there's not that many Christines. Yeah, I, there's a car called Christine. From I know, Steve and it, it eats people, and that's my claim to fame. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, let's let's dive into this week's show. There's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. And what I was talking about in the beginning, facetiously, uh, was we, I was saying we very rarely talk about some of these topics. DJI has been in the news a lot, in the photography news a lot. And 
They're in again this week. This time they announced the Inspire 2, which is obviously the successor to the Inspire 1, or just Inspire, and the Phantom 4 Pro, which is the successor to the Phantom 4. Basically updating everything in these cameras, adding proximity sensors and all kinds of cool stuff. Greg, I'm going to start with you on this, man. Uh, are you a droner? Are you, a, are you a, an aerial drone UAV pilot? I am. I've uh, I've got the Phantom Pro 3 and I've got a Mavic uh, coming. So I guess DJI is shipping press releases faster than drones right now. Yeah, you. so you have the same setup I have. I have the Phantom 3 Professional and I have a Mavic in my possession right now. So... And I actually flew it today. So what do you think about this? Does this, like, having a Mavic on order, does it make you want to cancel your order and go buy an Inspire or the Phantom 4? You know, I guess my sense is go big in, like, whatever you care most about. And to me, the Phantom Pro is kind of like that in-between. It doesn't have, like, the best image quality I can get off of a camera in the sky. And it's certainly not the smallest thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm sticking with the Mavic. For me, it's more about kind of being fun and it's an additional camera in my bag not something else i want to put in a hard case and check in the underbelly of a plane when i'm traveling you hit it that's exactly because it's in my bag it is in my everyday carry bag right now my backpack my like the bag i take everywhere and it's not it's it, the maverick for me has changed the idea of being or of having a drone because like you said before if this big bag that i carry around with me and make a conscious choice to okay today i might want to take some aerials you know so you you bring the case and when you get there you spin the propellers on and put the battery in and connect the ipad and it's a process to get everything to get into the air to start the shot with the mavic literally it's like 35 40 seconds from i want to take a shot to i'm in the air you know and it fits in my bag. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I I skipped over the Phantom 4. So I went from Phantom 3 Pro to the Mavic. And I don't know if I even want a Phantom 4 after experiencing the compactness of the Mavic. <laughs> you know? so, how, do, how do you like the image quality on the, on the Mavic versus the 3 Pro? It's Same. better. It's better? better than the 3 Pro. They tell me that it's comparable to the Phantom 4. The Phantom 3, it's better. So... I'm winning on all sides. So it's kind of like I leapfrogged, you know. So all the tech, most of the tech that's in the Phantom 4 is in the Mavic. It's not in the 3. So I kind of jumped over the 4 into the Mavic and got the, you know, the Transformer compact little quadcopter out of it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. great. You're going to love it when you get it. If you ever get it, you know, I know they're having issues. (laughs) (laughs) They're having some supply chain issues I hear. (laughs) So, Christine, you don't care about this, right? You've said on shows before that you are not a drone person and don't care to be one, right? Well, so, I mean, I don't have a drone. I don't use one. I love the stuff that comes from drones. I love watching what people are creating with them. But I, because it's not a genre that I am a part of, and I don't know that it's something that I would easily incorporate into what I do, I start to get a little bit of drone fatigue, I guess, because I feel like... It's all these small incremental upgrades with everyone. And I, I'm like, can we just wait two years and like go mm. big? Mm-mm. And it's fine that it's not, but I just kind of, I get a little tired. Or I feel like, okay, what did I, what did I really miss? Because it keeps coming out every so often. That's because you're not in the so party. That's because you're I'm not, not the in the party. That's because and that's, you're like, that's fine, and you don't want to be know. in the party. So when people talk about it and they're like all excited, you're like, oh, geez, not again. Well, and you know, Please. it's, it's related to my industry so i always have half a year open yeah but they haven't dji hasn't come out with anything that helps me in my everyday business 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it, like you're, I listen, right. but it gets a little tiring that it just feels like it's so. It's often. the hot new thing in photography for a lot of photographers right now. I mean, admittedly, and I'll be the first to admit, it is, it is a geek kind of like yeah. you don't you don't well, have it's, to it's, have a drone to be a good photographer. You don't. It's like the least the last thing that you need to be a good photographer is a drone, but. It does allow you to do a lot of things that you couldn't do before, right, Greg? Absolutely, I mean, and I'm super impressed by what people are doing with them. But for me, in my business, it's not that helpful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a line in the sand here, Christine. I'm going to say, by this time next year, you're going to be sitting here on the show. You're going to be like, well, how come you guys didn't tell me to get a drone earlier? Because it's <laughs> well, so and awesome. And you said this to me before. <laughs> you were like, what if senior portraits start wanting this? And it's like... Yeah. I see your point and I get that, but I'm still a new business owner in the photography world and I'm not quite at a place to be forging ahead in that. Like, yeah. I still almost have to follow it. Like, I need it to be something before I can get there. Mm-hmm. I can't quite be the one yet who, I mean, because they're not like that cheap. I don't quite have a clientele that would be willing to let me. Yeah, like, that's what Joseph Lenaski said. Joseph Lenaski, who's the host of our Twip Apps show, he was saying he's not on the drone bandwagon either, but he was like, well, I can't. He's all about business, right? And he's like, well, I can't really justify it because I don't really have yeah. any clients that are demanding aerials. And I came, I come up at it from a different direction. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to fly <laughs> and take cool pictures. I, I don't, I'm not trying to charge anybody for stuff. I just want to make Yeah, cool see, stuff. I'm trying to charge people for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, are you doing any professional aerial work with yours? You know, I'm I'm not. I never got the the 333 or whatever the new uh, the new one is now. The one oh, that's right, like that. But um, I, I I might at some point. I might at some point. But it's um, it's I'm more along the same lines as you. It's more for my own personal use. It's more for fun. I just love that. There's so many different great scenes that are a little bit of you know kind of been there, done that. Everyone's hammered some of the same you know favorite locations and mm-hmm. getting up in the sky. I feel like the slate's been wiped clean. You can just you can start new. It's a totally new take on things. Totally, that's exactly my my point. I've said this on the show many many times. You know, it's that's it's it's probably the main reason why I don't do a lot of landscape work is because I feel like. You know, I go stand someplace, I'll probably be like, you know, Greg's been here before. Why, 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 what can I add to the, what can I add to the sum total of, you know, photographic knowledge that Greg hasn't already done or someone like you, right? There's all these really great landscape photographers out there doing great stuff. Unless I do something that's just for me, I don't feel like I could do something new and interesting. But you put a drone up there, every, like you said, it's, it right now, at least, you know, it's, it's a clean slate. You could go do a top down view of things and get a completely different perspective, figuratively and literally. Do you find that it makes you shoot differently? Like when I have my camera on a tripod, I feel like I'm kind of moving in and out and left and right. I'm kind of like a tweaker, you know, is it better? Is it worse? With a drone, I got about 20 minutes in the air. I've got three dimensions to work with. So you have to come in with a, a vision. You can't just kind of move it around and try and find the sweet spot. It doesn't work like that. I, f- I find f- shooting in the air is making me think different about how I shoot on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're be- uh, yeah, I'm a more considered photographer, especially since I only have one battery for my Mavic. So I, got, <laughs> I got 27 minutes, if I'm lucky, in the air. So you're gonna, it's, like, it's like shooting with film. Right? It's, it's yeah. very much like shooting with film. You got to think about what you're going to shoot because you have a you have a finite resource that you're dealing with. I don't know. I like it. I'm I'm excited. I mean, my first drone was at Phantom Three, and I fully expected to crash that thing and not 
and not have it survive this long, but I've been very careful. It survived, and now I have two. So I have the Phantom Four, or not the Phantom Four, the uh, the Mavic, which which I am uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Let's say that. So I don't know. So have you seen the uh, the videos for the, the Inspire Two that came out? I have, yeah, and we'll we'll link to all that in the show notes. Yeah. So what do you think? Tell us tell us what you think about that. The, the th- so the specs are awesome, right? It's clearly improved on a lot of different dimensions. But what caught my attention is DJI is clearly a marketing company, and they've produced a short film. I and mean, that's the kind of thing you'd see BMW doing, right? They made a 15 minute short shot entirely on the drone. Most of these are ground level shots, so they're using like a gimbal. Somebody's or holding it or something. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I just thought was super interesting. They, they think very differently. But then when you look at the feature set as well, they're really thinking about you know, what their customers want. So I, I just think it's very interesting. A lot of drone talk is about the specifications. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what DJI is putting in front of you, they'll market the specs, but there's, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Yeah, it, that, that was a really interesting thing. And, and when I watched that, I was fully expecting to see a lot of aerials. And it was surprising. They had shots inside of cars and... You know, close up, emotional. You know, two shots, all that stuff. Within, yeah. Have you? Did they? Did they post a making of for that yet? There's a couple different videos. The the one promo video had a lot of kind of behind the scenes. You could see them yeah. running around with it. So it wasn't a making of video that I saw, but you could you got a feel for it. The part I want to see is how they do the audio because they had these close tracking shots with kids with clean right. audio. You don't hear propellers. You don't hear the swarm of bees next yeah. to the kids. <laughs> You know, they had to do like some, you know, VO and insert the audio later. They had to do that. I was thinking that exact same thing. I'm like, a shot like this with a drone that clearly has a drone in the air, you would have heard that drone. So they had to replace the, uh, whatever they call it in Hollywood when they replace the audio. And they yeah, you don't see their lips when they're doing those shots. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm still placing bets. Christine, you're going to have, you're, you'll have a Mavic 3, I bet, <laughs> when all is said and done. I mean, come on. Your husband, I know he's going to, he's got to be kind of interested in this stuff a little bit, right? He, I don't know. He's never asked what? for one or expressed interest in one. Uh, I don't know. Show I'm not your saying husband never. the Mavic I'm commercial. I'm absolutely not saying never. I just, just not, it doesn't fit with what I do yet. No, I hear me. you. I hear you. All right. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about Google's attempt to turn your old photos into digital prints. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects. You're prepping for a photo shoot later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelance photographer. Challenging? Yes, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. With freelancers and small business owners in mind, FreshBooks has announced the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for our needs, photographers. FreshBooks has created a super-intuitive tool Tool that makes it easy to create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can easily customize your invoice with your logo, color scheme, or any image that reflects your brand. You'll be able to see what invoices have been sent, viewed, and paid, as well as overdue and outstanding invoice totals. You can even chat with your client regarding an invoice once they receive it. The modern and simplified dashboard works as the hub of your business, answering the most important question— 
How is my business doing? You'll have quick access to outstanding balances, spending, total profit, and accounting reports like tax summary and profit and loss. Tracking expenses is as easy as taking a photo of your receipt and using the FreshBooks iOS app. You can track expenses by vendor and by category. And time tracking makes it easier to bill for time by client and by specific projects. You can easily start your timer and track your time to the minute. And when it comes time to create an invoice, you'll know what you did and when you did it. So get ready for the simplest way to be more productive and organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the TWIP audience. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Start your 30-day free trial today. And we thank FreshBooks for supporting this episode of This Week in Photo. All right, we are back. In this story from CNN Money, it's about Google wanting to turn your old photos into digital print. So they announced a new app called PhotoScan that allows you to scan your old photos and save them online. But it does it in kind of a unique way. And you guys have played with this, right, Christine? Did you yes, play with this app? I did. I downloaded it? it today. Um I mean, it worked pretty well. The the whole glare reduction thing that they're promoting, I think, is slightly false. Um, well, tell us, give us, give us, give us the quickly. overview of what it what it does and who it's for and all that stuff. So, you take so you have. I tried a couple things. I tried last year's Christmas card, and then I tried this big. I have a big like sixteen by twenty print of me at Disneyland when I'm five years old. Mm-hmm. So I did both of those things because. Part of what they're promoting is that this is archival, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, old baby pictures, old prom pictures. So the idea is that you find your box of photos and you're scanning all of them with your phone. So you take a picture and then it has these four dots in the corners that you kind of tilt the angle of your phone. And I think that's where it's getting the glare reduction from because then you're changing where the light is hitting your lens. Mm-hmm. And then it must composite them somehow. I don't know. I didn't look into it that closely so some kind of voodoo <laughs> some voodoo magic um and then if you have a pixel or a google account you can then take them and upload them to your google photos account um to tell you the truth i don't i was thinking of, one of my questions was who is this for mm-hmm. because i don't actually know to me it almost seems like i'm not convinced that it's archival because i'm not convinced there's actually a good digital route to archiving photos. I also live in a world where I try to sell prints. So going backwards from that, um, you know, I think it's a a two-line system to archiving. I think you have to have prints, and then if you already have prints, maybe putting them online is a good thing Mm -hmm. um, in case of fire or flood or what have you. Um, But it almost seemed like it would be more useful for a project, you know, it's my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. All of my siblings, I want you to go find your pictures and scan them and upload them so that I can do something with it for some sort of project-based reason. Yeah. Um, yep. But as far as history is concerned, you know, how do I know that my great-grandkids are going to have access to this stuff if that's the goal? Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah. going up into grandma's attic and, and finding an album or a box of photos. Like, where does that link? Where does that web address? Like, how do I know? How do I send this forward into 
but I mean, generations. on the other hand, on the other hand, <clears throat> that box is never going to get seen by anybody if it stays in grandma's attic, right? At least if you have some sort of scan of it and it's somewhere digital, then there's the there's the possibility for the other siblings to see it maybe in the future, whereas the possibility is is next to zero if it stays in that dusty box. Only if somehow it's being sent down the line. I mean. Yeah. If I That's were to we do need. it now, we need like I an mean, archival lifetime archival service that like follows the family, I I, like a I, trust, I, like I, a photo trust. Yes, because right? I think this is only half of the equation. Getting them there is one thing, but how do you make sure that then that is passed on? Yeah, yeah, I know. I hear you. I hear you. But what, yeah, just your 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 thoughts on the quality, though. So the the other piece of it that I was thinking of, I've seen these apps before. In fact. Dropbox has a feature built into the Dropbox app on the iPhone that will perspective correct and scan and do all that stuff, and it will throw it directly into your Dropbox after you press the button. I was looking at this, and I was like, well, this is great, but what is, is the quality actually archival, or are, we fo- are they fooling people? Right, I, so you I scan something think, I mean, and it's it not seems... that high resolution. You ditch the original. Now you got right. you know, a pile oh. of pixels. I would really hope that if someone did this, they wouldn't go throw away all the originals. That would just yeah. break my heart. Um, I don't think they're very high res. I would be interested in like trying to print one of the things I scanned today to see what happens. Um, the perspective of it was great because I actually did one on an off angle to see how it did, and it it did really well. Um, yeah. But as far as you know, high quality reproduction, I, I don't think it's quite there. I, yeah, I think it's great for a purpose. I was playing with it earlier today, and the first person I thought of was my dad. He's like the perfect person for this. I used to have an old uh, Nikon scanner. It's a 4,000 DPI film scanner for the negatives. Mm. So my dad, you know, he's the family photographer. He's shot a gazillion photos for years, and he's been wanting to digitize them. And he's not going to pay for drum scans, and he's not going to send them off to some cheapy place. And I had a film scanner, and, and you know he's got that. And he'll never use it. The process is too long and too cumbersome. But for something like this, it's so easy. I mean, each photo is just a few seconds. And yeah, I take a, a new piece of technology like that. I like to just push it to the breaking point. I took it in a dark room under a lamp and quick-fired over some 3 by 5 Christmas cards. And the images came out to me not identical to the print, but you know, like good enough, plenty good for full screen high res on my laptop. So, totally agree. I wouldn't use this as a replacement for the original print. But if I have a bunch of images that are otherwise not going to be used or high volume, or I just need low res, it's perfect. So I, my three by fives were scanning in at about two megapixels to give you kind of a a rough reference for that. So, I I, I think it's pretty good. It, it's for a particular audience, but for that use, I thought it's about the easiest thing I've ever seen, and it's the quality's pretty good for that. Is the resolution user configurable? Can I get more than two megabytes of one? I didn't see any options, um, and I didn't try and play with scanning at different depths to see if that yeah. changed the output, but it's a pretty simple app. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of it, but it's also, you know, if you want something a little higher, you, you might as well stick with a flatbed scanner or film scanner. Well, I was wondering, I was thinking, so the other, the other side of this coin is, or, you know, what Google is marketing this as, as a way to turn your old photos into digital prints, right? But I was thinking, 
Hey, what if I put this app on my phone and uh, took a trip down to the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art? <laughs> and, 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 oh boy! <laughs> and, and captured some of the artwork for my, you know, my own personal collection. Could I? I could do that, right? I mean, it's, it's going to work. Where it doesn't. In other words, the the artwork doesn't have to be horizontal. It could be on the wall that I'm scanning, right? Yeah. It. it I mean, I took it very fast scans at odd angles, and it yeah. came out flawless. I, I didn't even bother to really stop moving my hand. I mean, it was a really you know, pretty poor job on my part, you know, deliberately just to see what it would do. So, yeah, I'm sure you could do that. I'm not recommending that to the TWIP <laughs> listeners that you go and do that. I don't even know if that – that may actually be legal to do that because do they stop you from taking photos in museums? You can take photos of things in museums, right? Well, a lot of it's fair it. use. It's beyond copyright, most of it. If it's right, old. yeah, I'm gonna test that. I, I'm pretty sure that you. I don't know. Uh, There's I'm sure no someone flash will photography because you know. Yeah, and this doesn't everything. use flash, right? This you're it not does. using. It does. That's, that's oh, you it are. It flash does. on the whole time. Okay. Okay. Oh, interesting. That's a. That's actually really interesting. Or the other use is, you know, over the holidays, we're recording this right before Thanksgiving, uh, and some people are probably listening to this on Thanksgiving. I know at least in my family, there's always like theft of images and photos that happens when you visit relatives' house. Like <laughs> miraculously, that photo is gone. I don't know how it's gone. Now people can, you know, they can take the images without taking the images, right? That so. does not happen to you. Yes, Are you serious? Hell yeah. It was kind of a thing. You know, families do that. Just like, you know. <laughs> Your family does that. <laughs> And then you go to someone's house the next year, like, there's that picture. <laughs> Come on. Come well, on. I have a sister, so all that goes missing is clothes. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I selfishly sent it to a bunch of good friends in the hopes that maybe they scan in some old photos I've never seen. So <laughs> there you go. That's my digital theft. Hey, and you could make a, make a shared library on Google Photos and dump them all in there. Right? Yeah. That's what Google is hoping I, I have been trying to see if I can change any of the settings, and that's very minimal. Yeah, I mean, it's very consumer, much a button consumer to, friendly. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, press button, hold over image. Mm-hmm, pretty yeah. much, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Try out that. Uh, that one sounds cool, but also try out the uh, the Dropbox. If you have the Dropbox app on your phone, try that out because it's got a little feature in there where it will it'll actually put a a you know a a perspective corrected box around the thing that you're scanning and then when you hit the button what you get is a perfectly square or rectangular shot of the thing that you were taking photos of it's like a it's a scanner so it works really i use it all the time i think the the beauty of this app the reason you're taking four photos is you're moving that flash around and that's what's getting rid of the, the glare from the flash mm-hmm. as opposed to if you shoot with a scanner app or something like that it's whatever lighting you have in the room so it, it kind of for someone who doesn't understand lighting, it takes the technical expertise out. Well, Greg, uh, but I, I get around that by just since it since it perspective corrects, I just shoot at a little <laughs> a little bit of an angle, and then it'll fix it, right? <laughs> so. Well, and it didn't solve the glare issue for me. I still had glare, so yeah. I'm I don't know. You broke it. You broke I, the Google I'm, app. <laughs> I'm smarter than Google. No, yes. maybe I'm dumber than Google. That's more. <laughs> I'm not, I will never, ever say those words. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to story number three. And it's about Apple. So Apple announced a brand new product. It's a hardbound photo book that showcases 20 years of Apple products. 
uh, and this is so every Mac, iPhone, iPod, iPad released between 1998 and 2015. And it's positioned by an Apple piece that's been uh, produced by Apple in California. This book costs $200 or $300, depending on the size that you get. So, Greg, you you bought, you bought this book, right? Is it is it in the mail? What's going on? You know, I have just about every Apple product. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fanboy, but probably not going to end up with this book. Yeah. But it's it's pretty impressive. You look through, I mean... If I made wedding albums that look that nice back when I was shooting weddings, people would be over the moon. It's really a, a beautiful book, and it's very Apple. I was watching the video at the tail end. I don't know if you noticed the credits they have in the book. The thing that caught my attention, there's one photographer who took 450 images, but there are 23 designers in the credits to make that book. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I like the book. I'm not buying a $200, $300 book about technology, but I would... I would pay twenty to thirty dollars for the iBook version of it and put it on my iPad, right? That'd be oh, nice to kind of okay. page through, right? Sure, right? Yeah, I'd give them twenty to thirty, not two hundred to three hundred for something that's going to sit on my shelf, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of Apple products too, but I don't, you know, I don't so need is, a family is album. Is that because it's an Apple product, or is it because it's an art book? Because there are plenty of books that go for way more than two hundred dollars. So is it just yeah. it because it's an Apple product and you feel like I already I, give them all of my money? I, maybe it's a combination of all that. It's just like yeah, if I like mo- if I'm looking through most of those products in there, I probably have purchased a lot of them. So I'm like, they should just give me the book. (laughs) Like, hey, loyal customers, over all these years, you like twenty thousand people. We've determined that you have purchased X percent of our products as a thank you. We're gonna give you this commemorative book. You know that that would have been a nice gesture versus give us two hundred dollars for the book. That's like me charging you guys for a really nicely made book of all my kids. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe if you bought okay. the gold Apple Watch, it comes as sort of a, you know, yeah, sorry. something, something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Something, something like that. It's like a it seems like a, I'm sure it's beautiful. I haven't seen I've seen videos of it, obviously, but I don't seems like it should be like a give to somebody that does something like, I don't know, customers that spend over ten thousand dollars with the company get this book or something like that. I actually think that's a pretty cool idea. I think that it, I in the little Mac Rumors video, I thought it was kind of a bummer how quick they were to judge the price point because so many high-quality books are so much more than that. And the cost of a book, I mean, as Greg was mentioning, wedding photography um, or wedding albums, like I can't even, the cost of a wedding album is more than that to me, let alone what I charge mm-hmm. the customer. So I think it's actually... I thought it was kind of a fair price, and I well, felt bad. I, that, well, I feel well, like it's because audience, it's Apple, though. not no. because of what it is. It might be the audience as well, because they're limiting the audience, I think, because you, you have all the digerati that are used to getting everything digital on their Mac <laughs> or their, or their right. iPad, sure. and they're used to like, oh, I can see anything on the planet that I want seconds after I think of it, right? On their, on their iPad, where this is a generation that isn't conditioned to appreciate 
fine art books. You know, I know there's, I'm generalizing, but at the top of the pyramid, there's, you know, it's not like you're going to sell a gazillion of these things. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to, maybe they're, maybe the intent is not to mass produce and mass sell these. Maybe they're going to cut it off after, you know, they sell 20,000 of them and never make them again. And that 20,000 will become instantly worth two thousand to three thousand dollars so i would i would bet that's pretty accurate because they're only at certain stores probably only flagship stores mm-hmm. um maybe they'll so number them are they numbered i wonder oh i don't know I didn't if notice. they're numbered then that there's a chance of that but if they're not numbered never gonna happen i i thought it was kind of brilliant you know if they sold a a 20 or 30 dollar book we wouldn't be talking about it you know, but they, you know, they've got the Apple unboxing experience. They invented the new ink and paper for it. And, yeah. you know, it's two or three hundred dollars. So it's all over the news. So it's well, I'm still mad at them for they should have took some of that money and that development effort and put the ports on that MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> just one SD slot. <laughs> just give yeah one SD slot. If nothing else. I would have been OK if you didn't like do away with my SD slot. That's the main reason I didn't I didn't make the jump into that macbook because oh, my didn't, macbook you didn't get it no i still have my the one that i just bought last year it's loaded and it has all my ports on there and i got a certain way of working with it my bags configured the way i want and now you're telling me that i gotta give all that up and go buy a bunch of dongles and you know like who is it i justine was saying i was watching one of her youtube videos she was talking about she was she loves it obviously she loves everything mac uh, but she was showing the bag of dongles that she now has to carry with it. Oh, that's pretty funny. She had a dongle just to be able to plug her brand new iPhone 7 into it. It's like, come on, man. I mean, I'm sure eventually I'll fall in line and get one. But right now, I mean, things are dialed in and that's like, that feels like, I don't know. It feels like change for the sake of change. You know, it's like, come on. An SD, every camera on the planet, for the most part, consumer cameras have, they record to SD. And now you ejected that. Like, come on. Really? Yeah. And, and, and Phil's answer, Phil Schiller, right? Their marketing guy says, you know, it's awkward to have half of a memory card stick out of your computer. And I'm like, well, is that less awkward than having half a memory card stick out of the dongle out of the computer? <laughs> <laughs> it's not sitting in there permanently. You copy stuff off and you eject it. You take it out, put it back in your device. Come on, man. That's that's apologetics. Tech apologetics right there. Uh, I know. But I, 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 I did buy one. I got one coming next week. I made the you, you have everything coming next week. I, it's, I, it's like my own little Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Well, I got the Mavic, so I'm I'm happy with my little Mavic right now. Yeah. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold tight. I was. We talked about this on what was it last week's show? I think it was. Um, that Microsoft Surface Studio. It's so cool. I watched the video again today. I was like, that is a beautiful machine. That you want to is- talk about my husband being geeked out. He's convinced that he's going to get me to move away from my iMac. Is he getting one of those? No, he wants me to get one. Oh. oh, oh. Yeah. Like, can't you just imagine what your workflow would be like with this thing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's very <laughs> dramatic. It's beautiful, but it would be a painful. It'd be a painful switch. I would That's love. That's kind of what I, I'm like. Eh, I would love to try it, and but there's just it's the software, man. It's 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 the software. It's no, too I much. I have you. too much too much invested in software, and I don't want a second. I don't want a third computer because I have the iMac that I'm that's on my workstation here. Then I've got the my old sorry Greg MacBook Pro without a touch bar. Still has those function keys that are now heresy. 
And uh, like, if I got that thing, it'd be a third computer, not not counting all the the tablet devices and all that. So, and another operating system to deal with beyond macOS and iOS. So, that's too much. That's too much. I don't know, but I'm saying that now. I'm gonna. There's a Microsoft store in the mall here. I may go into the Microsoft store just to look at it. And it's going to be like that reality distortion feel. I'll walk out with it and say, you know what? I'll just try it for a couple of weeks. Because <laughs> it, is, it is beautiful. But that thing is, what is it? Four, it's like $3,500, four grand or something for that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just love the regular Surface Pro. I used to use one of the threes. And yeah. being able to take something the size of a tablet around and use it like a Wacom, you know, when I'm on the go on a plane, that's awesome. Yeah, they're really nice. I'm happy. I'm happy that Microsoft is doing cool hardware now, and their software is good as well. Because remember, in the day, it was it was a clear line of, oh, you're using Windows, so it's going to crash. You're going to get viruses. It's sucky. Now that's not the case anymore. Windows machines are awesome now, as are you know Macs. And in some ways, like with the Surface Studio, they're that's better. I would argue than iMac. I would want it. If I if Apple had released an updated iMac that looked like that, I would have bought that. I definitely would have bought it. Well, you know, knowing Apple, it wouldn't have any ports on it, but I would <laughs> I would have considered buying that. Like, hey, it's a new iMac with no keyboard. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I don't know. I like I like the look of it, but I'm still. I like I like getting stuff done more than I like looking at the stuff that's helping me get stuff done. So I'm going to stick with my Mac for now. Valid point. Right? You gotta... Valid point. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's like a trophy computer. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, guys. Let's take – actually, let's skip right into our – picks of the week segment this is a segment where you guys get to pick anything that's related to photography to recommend to the twip audience christine the photographer i'm gonna let you go first what's your pick of the week so um mine is a manifesto written by a photographer named ben sasso um who i will just admit i'm slightly obsessed with (laughs) i love him i love him so much Uh, (laughs) So it's just kind of something I wanted to share in case people haven't seen it. Um, kind of a nice, warm, fuzzy end of year reminder that we are creative professionals and that things aren't cookie cutter. And he kind of just wrote out these 10 points that I think are a great reminder for people who, like me, maybe get a little bit emotionable, emotional about their work or are their own worst self-critics. All of those things. He just kind of writes this nice little point-by-point manifesto on how this to accept great. your style and your work. And you think just, looks like it's your a husband nice, right there. warm, feel-good thing for. Is that all you and your us. husband? That looks like you and your husband right there. No, but Ben, if you're listening and you want to photograph me and my husband, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to you. That's um, great. I'm gonna put this in my little pocket app. I like that. And I mean, you know, there's pretty pictures and this is one thing. His blog is great. He's one of my favorite things about him. All of his posts on Facebook, he always signs off with um, post your questions. We're all in this together. And I just think that that is wonderful. I love it. What a good pick. See, that's great. It doesn't it's free. It's inspirational. Inspiration because it's getting foggy out and no people aren't getting their vitamin D. 
So they need some inspiration and positivity. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Yeah, it was raining. Did it rain in Sacramento yesterday? It, it did, here. yeah. Huh. Interesting. Rain in California. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> this craziness. <laughs> and it's, you know, dark by 445. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, cool. That's your pick of the week, right? Ben That's it. Sasso. Ben yeah. Sasso. We'll link to that, of course, and I'll be reading that later today. On my iPad, which is not a $300 mm-hmm. book. <laughs> All right, Greg. Your first pick of the week on This Week in Photo, Making History... What is it? What's your pick of the week? Well, and I, I picked someone who's not known for photography, so hopefully I don't uh, get harassed too bad for this. But uh, Casey Neistat, um, for those of you who don't know him, very, very popular blogger on YouTube, does a, a daily video blog he's been doing for the last 18 months. He's up to 6 million subscribers, um, actually added a, another million in September alone. Um, this is a guy who's really kind of hit that pinnacle of success. And he just announced this week that he's out of the game. He's going to quit the daily vlog. And he, and he had to actually start off basically saying, this is not a joke. Um, and go through that. And he talks about why that is. And it kind of comes down to this quote he had, which is, a, you know, the trouble with success is that you get comfortable. And mm-hmm. he started this as an exercise to challenge himself creatively. And after about a year, he figured out the formula. And he could just keep cranking these out every day adding lots of subscribers, pulling in lots of sponsorship dollars, and financially could be very successful. But he recognized that, you know, he doesn't want to be a blogger for life. He's got bigger aspirations, and it's time for the next thing. And the only way to get there is to cut off what he's currently doing so he's the room to grow into the next thing. And I just thought, you know, as a photographer, that resonates with with me a lot. As someone who just quit my corporate job a couple months ago to really dive into this, but I think it's just a great reminder for, for all creatives that at some point you, you pursue a, a niche or specialty or some dream and you can get into a kind of a creative rut. And sometimes you need to really step back and, and break away from what you're doing to, to get to that next level. You can't just kind of optimize one step at a time. Sometimes you really need to blow things up. That is that is fantastic. I mean, he's... Casey has in many ways set the standard. There's so many videos on YouTube about how to vlog like Casey Neistat, what is he shooting with, what does he edit his videos with, you know, on and on and on ad nauseum about this guy. And I don't know if he's the most popular vlogger, but he's got to be up there. We're looking at the, the, he just posted this video we're looking at right now. What is it? It's the 21st today. He posted it on the 19th. He's already got over 5 million views on one video. That is like I, I I can't I don't even understand that. That is just crazy. Five million people have viewed this video. Is that is that crazy? And now, like you were saying, Greg, he just he had the courage. I think it's courage more than anything. He had the courage and the foresight to throw a grenade in the whole thing and shake it up and do something different. I think he'll probably come out stronger for it because now he's built this granite foundation of this guy that turned vlogging and redefined what it means to be a good vlogger. Now he's going to go do something else. So when he releases or announces what that something else is, all eyes are going to be on him. And now, and I imagine between then and now, you know, the talk show circuit. Hey, we've got Casey Neistat here talking about why he ended his vlog. You know, I'd watch that. 
So yeah, it's amazing. That is that is amazing. He's a he's an inspiration just just because of his work ethic, and because of his, you know, everything he does. You know, for the most part, at least publicly, is pretty it's pretty spot on and awesome. And you know, watching the videos, like he, I watched a couple of his videos about why he does what he did or why he does that. He, I guess it is what he did. Why he was doing what he did, and. Yeah, like you were saying, Greg, it was he wanted to he wanted to challenge himself to say, can I, can I do this thing every day consistently at a level of quality? But then there was a one of the videos I saw kind of dove a little deeper into his editing style. And it's not easy. Like you if you watch one of it, like go back and watch one of his old vlogs, you'll see that, you know, it shows him running through the park and, you know, he'll run up to a restaurant or whatever. He has to actually go and position the camera first and then go back and then run up to the camera, record it, and then grab the camera. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't wait to see what he does next. I, those are the kind of p- folks who, who inspire me the most, right? They, you know, to have success, you know, 18 months into this, you know, at that level and, and just uh, take that risk. And, and whatever he does next, I'm sure it'll be amazing. You know, and if the, yeah. the very next thing isn't amazing, he'll keep pushing until he hits that. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, I know his fans are all over the world crying right now. Please, Casey, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> well, he did promise to continue doing some videos. He just wants to spend more time on them. They're going to be sort of a different style. Yeah. Wonderful. Interesting. That is so cool. I love that. 109,000 comments. this. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's got to be a record. One hundred and nine thousand comments on this video as we record this on the twenty first of November. By the time you listen to this, it'll probably be well beyond two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand comments on this, and five million views today. So I wonder in a week how many views this thing will get. I mean, look at that: two hundred seventy one thousand thumbs up and seventy five thousand thumbs down. <laughs> God, I don't know this. That's that is huge because as I think about this, five point eight million subscribers, that is a valuable asset. Like that is that is that's worth more than like gold, you know, or platinum, whatever to to advertisers. So yeah, that's that takes a lot of strength to do what he did. So kudos, Casey Neistat. Good job, man. Well, I think I saw him post once his his earnings. If I remember right, he doesn't monetize his channel at all. Directly on yeah, YouTube. I don't right. think he has any YouTube ads. Yeah, he doesn't run YouTube ads in there, does he? Yeah. Yeah, but still, so, I mean... He's the, doing fine, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to run YouTube ads to to monetize that number, right? I mean, who knows what he's doing, but just having... Even if you don't monetize it by saying, you know, running ads or getting sponsorships or whatever, just the idea that you have that kind of power. Because that number, 6 million is power. That means... You know what, Christine? I feel like I want to I want to give you a Tesla. I'm going to mention your blog. <laughs> I'm going to mention your blog in passing on my YouTube channel and suddenly you have all this traffic to your site, right? So that's even if you don't give it, you know, you get monetary compensation directly, you can aim that traffic hose at anybody you want at any time. Even, you know, your comments on politics or any other social issues, Six million people will hear it when you when you say something and they're likely fans. So they'll probably do a percentage of them will do what you say do. Right. So you're an influencer and a tastemaker. And to put all that on pause takes a lot of guts. 
Would you do it? Would you do that, Greg? Would you, uh, if you had that kind of following, would you put it on pause? God, that's a good question. I mean, I, I feel like in some small way I did that, you know, kind of jumping away from, you know, a pretty good paying marketing career to start back at, you know, kind of zero and I got to rebuild an income. Um, but nothing, nothing quite like that. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think you have to, if you've achieved that level of success, you don't need money really, unless you're spending, you know, in, in poor ways. So why not go for something bigger? You know, yeah. like yeah. I'd rather have more impact in this world than have more dollars in my pocket. That, yeah, that very well said, very well said. And I look at him, he's got a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter and there's a lot of effort and a lot of time out of every day that it takes to do this to satisfy, you know, six million people that are watching. You know, I mean, uh, I, if I was his beautiful wife, I'd be like, hey, dude, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> what about us? You know, come home. Right? She's uh, driving that Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> She's living in New York City driving her Tesla. Or actually, you know, New York City, you don't need a car. So only us Californians need cars to get everywhere. Oh, wow. That's crazy. What a crazy day. Casey Neistat ends his blog. That's a great pick, man. Great that first is a pick, great right? pick. Yeah, I like it. I actually, um, I did not know who he was. And I don't know if I'm, I'm not, I don't know how to YouTube. <laughs> I don't YouTube. <laughs> Wait, just the fact that you said, I don't know how to YouTube. <laughs> it was, that was kind of on purpose. It was He's kind of on purpose. Um, you know, knowing how many people get their entertainment from YouTube is kind of astonishing to me. But I did watch the his last episode. Um, you know, just, you know, he's like, before I was a vlogger, I was a YouTuber. Before I was that, I was a filmmaker. And that's what yeah. I'm still going to do. So I think that was a pretty good send-off, considering that's I have cool. no idea I who mean, the man was. <laughs> yeah, well, now you do. Look at that. Now I See? do. And now I'm interested in seeing what he does next. <laughs> Well, he's got a couple of vlogs up there that you can go back through and watch. So. Yeah, just a few. Yeah. I, I have, he can take a few years. I got time to fill the you gap. You got plenty of time. Yeah. You got plenty of time. Yeah. Wow. What a great show. Well, good. Well, thanks, both of you, for coming on. This has been a really, really interesting show. So now I have to go watch that because I didn't even know. I subscribe. I'm a subscriber. So I'm one of those 5.8 million people that are subscribed to Casey. But I admittedly don't watch him all the time. I'll watch him maybe once every couple of weeks, you know, even though he posts every single day. Like I'll watch. I watched when he did. He lost his Mavic drone. So, of course, I had to watch that, you know, (laughs) and and some other things. I'll watch it sporadically, but I'm not I was, I guess I was not a diehard religious watcher, but I definitely want to watch this last episode. So I'll be one of that 6 million people that are watching. When well, he literally drops the mic with a camera on it. So, you know, got to go for that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Before we close the show, let's find out what you guys have coming up. Christine, what's, what's going on in your world? Lots of kids and babies? Lots of kids. You know, it's just the grind over here. I don't I travel. I just... I just well, you hang live out. in beautiful Sacramento in a beautiful brand yeah, new house. It's great. No, I'm not complaining, but no travel. I'm just doing my thing over here. Yeah. It's good. There you go. There you go. Just, just cranking away. I'm, and if people, I am people a want to find you, where, working where you class photographer. Uh, Christine the photographer or Instagram at, at Christine the photographer. Love it. Branded. Branded. I see a Google Plus link in here. Are you on Google Plus lately? Yeah, or? but, well, I don't know. I don't know how to YouTube or Google Plus. <laughs> 
I don't know how to Google. Plus. I have one because it helps with SEO or some something. I have like one. Of, I have one of them that are Google Plus thingers, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know how to use it. I'm so old and sad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. If you're old, then I'm, uh, you know, I'm Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> 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 All right, Greg, what about you, man? What do you have coming up? Uh, I'm definitely uh, grinding right now just to get things going. I got about, you know, eight years of ideas stuck in my head that I'm trying to execute now. So, Love it. Um, my biggest Welcome thing Welcome to right, the fray, man. Uh, Welcome to the, the solopreneurial fray. It's, it's, awesome. it's, I was working till one thirty last night and back at it at seven thirty this morning. So I'm, and it's fun. It's I not like it. you're all pissed off at your boss because he made you work late. You're like, <laughs> wait a minute, it's one thirty, and I still want to keep going. <laughs> No, it's, it, you know, for me, the biggest challenge is making sure I'm focused because I've, I've got a lot of different ideas, so I need to just, you know, pick a path. So right now, I'm, I'm pretty focused. I've got a software product I make for, to, to do luminosity masking. It's basically a plug-in. Yes. For, Tell us for about Photoshop. that. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Lumentia. Mm-hmm. And if, if, for folks who don't know luminosity masking, it's another way of creating masks and selections that's just a lot more natural. You're using what's in the image to self-select, you know? So if you've got a sky that's too bright, you can grab that bright sky and tone it down. But instead of doing something like grab, you know, the magic wand in Photoshop that's kind of on or off, it's got shades of gray and subtlety. So you get a much more natural looking adjustment. So it it just, it it gets used in a lot of different ways. I think the way most people kind of talk about it is for blending exposures, you know, you Mm -hmm. call it manual exposure blending. So it's kind of like, uh, HDR, but where you have full control and the results, you know, aren't gritty, they aren't halos, they're very natural looking, but it really could be used for anything. I'll use it for dodging burning portraits, for example. You know, if I want to grab highlights on a skin tone, I can just grab, you know, the highlight on the cheek or, you know, a kid's it's hand not like, or something. Because yeah, it know. seems like if you do that, if you like just want to grab the highlights, like if I do that, I'm not a luminosity ninja like you are, but if I do that, you know, it's, you're going to see my tracks, right? I'm going to see, like you said, hard edges around the area that I tried to grab. It's not going to have that smooth gradation. So your, your training teaches people how to do that and, and get in there and not leave tracks? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways people can do luminosity masking, but mm-hmm. they can be, it, it can be kind of a steep learning curve. You're basically playing with channels in Photoshop. And so I've created something that just, you don't use channels at all. It's just a completely visual and interactive way of, of doing it. So for example, you can just click on the image to select tones in a particular part of the image, you know, so use like kind of an Where's answer. that link? I don't see that link in the notes to. to oh yeah. I, I don't think I threw it in there. It's, it's yeah, put that need, in there. We man. all need that. Please, <laughs> please, yes, put it there. please put that link in the show notes so that <laughs> I'm fascinated so that I can, I don't, you know, no one else needs to go there. I need that superpower by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, th- I'll throw that. It's Greg Ben's photography.com slash Lumenzia. I'll, I'll throw that in there, but, uh, yes. but yeah, that, that's, that's my big focus right now. So I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on kind of the next release for it. So, um, which, which is definitely kind of a fun process because up to this point I've been doing it, you know, kind of nights and weekends in my spare time. And, you know, now that I'm full time to really get in the creative, zone you know kind of kind of like yeah. that so and, and it's fun as a software developer right if i have a if i don't like something in my photography i can go invent the the solution to it which is basically how this whole thing started so that's not even fair it's fun that is not even fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, you know what? If I don't like this whole two-leg thing, I can invent another leg and, you know, so I can run a little faster. You're not supposed to be able to give yourself powers, man. That's not cool. <laughs> of course, the flip side is if, if I mess it up, I hear about it, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Well, welcome. Well, you did great on your first episode of This Week in Photo. Great pick of the week, and you were great all the way through, so thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, yeah. Yeah, and Christine held back the raising. She was very nice. Didn't say anything me? negative to you. You're the one <laughs> that I told you had to be nice. I'm very nice. <laughs> you are. You are very nice. <laughs> I'm just trying to deflect. All right, guys, uh, that's it. We're at the end of another, another episode of This Week in Photo. Be sure to check out our site at thisweekinphoto.com, where you can subscribe to all of our other podcasts and all things photography. And now it is time to take that lens cap off. 